KMTT, Kimitzion Teitzei Torah. You're listening to the Erev Shabbat program, Erev Shabbat Kodesh Parshat Chayi Sarah. I'm your host, Jonathan Snowbell. Unfortunately, due to several technical difficulties, we've had a difficult time getting up the Erev Shabbat program. One of them got erased by accident. One time, the computers were having trouble. It went up late. In any case, we're going to try to move on forward. That being the case, though it is Chayesar coming up, I do want to discuss what I did want to discuss in Parshat Bayera, because I think the message there is a very crucial one for us in our spiritual world, how we view things. There is an interesting phenomenon of going to a different address of a gadol or of a person with special powers or connections to God to pray for someone when they're in trouble. It's a phenomenon that's common today, which essentially says and assumes that I, the layman, am a mediocre person and my tefillot are less penetrating than the tefillot of a tzaddik, will have more powerful tefillot, and therefore he will be able to solve my problem through his tefillot more than I will through my tefillot. We get letters in the mail promising us that if we give tzedakah, then our name will come in front of a list of G'dolei Israel, who will then pray for our well-being, etc. As an aside, I'll say that there are those who point out that if it's so easy to just solve things through tefillot, then uh, instead of praying for the people who give tzedakah, they, the Yugadol Eishel should pray for the people who need the tzedakah and solve their problems. But without being facetious, this is something of a phenomenon today, which has to be examined spiritually, what the ramifications of this are, the truth of this. Before we, before we do that, I wanted to just look into Parshat Vayera on the matter, because there seems to be two indications. In one direction, one indication in another direction. The one indication that we see explicitly is when Avimelech is in trouble with God for taking Sarah's wife. So Avimelech is instructed by God, ask Avraham pray for you because he is a Navi, he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live so here we seem to see this precise phenomenon that Abraham is asked to pray for Avimelech not Avimelech to pray for himself and in this way Avimelech will survive in contrast there are two stories in the Parsha, that seemed to put the weight in the other direction. Avram faces up to God and tries to pray, or if not pray, challenge God's decision on destroying Stone and the five cities in the area of Stone, including Stone. Maybe there are 50. 
said he came 10 per city, 40, 30, 20, 10. And Abraham prays and God accepts his prayers, but on the condition that he's able to find the right number of tzaddikim. God does not find that number of tzaddikim. He finds a minimal number of tzaddikim, Lot, and perhaps Lot's family. And therefore, he continues with his plan to destroy the five cities. In that sense, Abraham's beseeching of God to not destroy those cities fail. However, Lot, when he is running away from Stone, he's told to round, run to the mountain. And Lot says he cannot. He cannot run to the mountain, and he asks the Malachim to spare Tzoar, the fifth of the, four, of the five cities, the smallest of them, according to Chazal, the youngest in age. And perhaps because of that, with the least amount of sins. And here, lo and behold, Lot's prayers are answered. Lot's prayers are answered, and Mitzar is not destroyed. What's more amazing is that Lot doesn't even stay in Tzar long term. At the end, he gets cold feet. He's worried that staying in Tzar is not a good idea. And therefore, he leaves for the mountain. For this brief period in which Lot wanted to run away to Tzar, Tzar is spared the fate of Stomva, Morad, Mautzvayim, the four cities that were destroyed. Where Avram Avinu's prayers were left unanswered, Lot's prayer was answered. Avram's prayers stemmed from a moral standpoint, a moral conviction. But apparently, as sincere and as heartfelt, sympathetic and empathetic as they were, they were not as powerful as the person who was facing death, who was in danger, viewed his life in danger, and prayed and beseeched for the city to be spared so that he could be spared. Lot, by many indications, a lesser man than Abraham, but the prayer that was answered was his prayer. And because of Lot's prayer, Tzohar was spared, whereas Abraham's prayer was not able to to reach that place. The second time in the parsha that this comes up is when Hagar and Ishmael leave Abraham's household. It's important to note that they were not sent away to their death, they were sent away to live. And as the Torah itself testifies Avraham knew that his son was going to become a great nation so he certainly didn't see this action as sending him to a certain death in the desert there was a mistake in the navigating which led them to a bad place within the desert 
as the Torah says, "Vatelach shava." And in fact, subsequently, at the end of the story, Yishmael, in fact, stays and dwells in the desert. A desert is a place which is acceptable for dwelling if you know the right place to be. If you're near a source of water, the place that Hagar and Yishmael initially went to, at least the way they perceived it, was without any water. Most of the descriptions in the paragraph are about Hagar and Hagar throwing Yishmael off to the side because she did not want to see him dying. Though both of them apparently are facing death, Yishmael's death is more imminent. And it's described that Hagar lets her voice emanate in crying. She cries. The next pasuk says, Elohim et kol hanar. God heard the voice of the young man, of the youth. Not the mother who's seeing the death of her child, but the person himself who is in danger, the person who himself was facing imminent death, he was the person that God heard. There's two issues here that I believe need to be discussed. One is the power of the prayer. Our ability to pray from the depth of our heart is an ability to pray because of identification with the suffering, with the identification with the need. person who is in a personal challenge, a personal suffering, knows their suffering more than anybody else does. There might be people around them who are sympathetic, empathetic, in, in the most sincere way possible. But at the end of the day, those people who are sympathetic and empathetic can go home at the end of the day to a normative household without the problem that is being referred to. If we think about the most sympathetic or empathetic person that I would, that first comes to mind in these terms is always Ravari Levine. Ravari Levine is famous for saying to the doctor about his wife's foot is, our foot hurts. And here was truly a man whose the other person's suffering was his suffering. And even then, can we say that the person who is in prison there, or Vary Levine is visiting, who cannot see his family and misses his family, is not suffering more than Ravari Levine, who is able to see his family? And therefore, should his tefillah be not more penetrating as a result? Because his tefillah stem from a much greater suffering. Again, an issue that I've discussed in the past is, of course, also the democracy of Judaism. 
how do we view our ability to approach God? Do we view our ability to approach God as something given to a small group of individuals who, by their rights, have developed a strong connection to God and their and their greatness in Torah study and their greatness in Tefillot? Are they the ones who can approach God and we only through them may approach God? Or does God leave the doorway open for everyone to approach Him? So, in fact, we have different instances in which somebody else is praying. Moshe prays for Am Yisrael. Eov prays for his friends. It's interesting to note in both of those places, Am Yisrael are not being described as praying, nor are Eov's friends described as praying. And then certainly we can talk about the importance of a person praying for the other and empathizing and sympathizing with the other. And in fact, that's what Rav Soloveitchik describes as Eov's transformation, that he was able to see beyond his and his family's spiritual needs to other people's needs as well. As well. So no one's denying the significance and the importance of and the ability to pray for others. They need to sympathize with the other, they need to empathize with the other's problems. But to the exclusion of the person praying for themselves, and it being less powerful if the person prays for themselves, stories of Lut and Ishmael indicate otherwise. Of course, the last issue to discuss is why Avraham was, had to pray for Avimelech. Again, there might be a difference between an Avi and other people, because God says that Avraham is an Avi. It could, be very, it could very well be that something else completely is going on there, and that Avimelech is being told by God that the fact that Avraham is praying for you is proof that Avraham believes and knows that you didn't touch his wife. Pardon me, that you didn't touch his wife. And therefore, the purpose of the tefillah is not the tefillah per se, but the purpose of the tefillah is an indication that Avraham has accepted that Avimelech didn't do anything to his wife because God intervened. And Avraham is aware of this. In any case, the conclusion that I have from this week's Parsha is that there's nothing wrong with asking someone else to pray for us. However, we should not ever underestimate our own tefillot. We should never ask someone else to pray for us to the exclusion of our own tefillot because there is much indication that it is our tefillot that will have the ability to penetrate God's ears much more than other 
people's tefillot. And on that note, Shabbat Shalom.